just want to address something real quick this morning. Many times during our message, uh, I, I'll say, if you could turn in your Bibles or something like that, and uh, right now the lighting conditions in the service makes that sound like I'm tricking you. Um, but uh, I'm not. We're actually uh, trying to work on getting more lighting here in the sanctuary and getting some things uh, more that way. And some of the lighting that was, was uh, designed wasn't quite enough for the room, and so we're going to be working on that in the future. If you can bear with us uh, until we get that completed, that would be great. So you can follow along on the screen, or if you have an electronic device with backlighting, that always helps. So then you can help light up the room, too. So, why don't we pray this morning before we get look to God's word. Would you bow your heads with me today? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, understanding clearly, God, that apart from you, we can accomplish nothing. But God, I know that there are many people in this room today, God, that really need to sense your presence in a special way. That, God, there are people that have come to this room today, Lord, um, desperate for you to touch their lives. And God, this morning I pray that in some supernatural way, Lord Jesus, that you would intervene and that, God, you would use your word to bring encouragement, strength, healing, blessing upon each person's life in this room, that each of us would leave changed for the better by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know uh, what I struggle with probably the most about God? It's when I frantically need him the most, sometimes it feels like he's not there. Anyone else in the room experienced something like that before? That it feels like when I'm really in a pinch, when I'm really in a bind, when I really need God to show up in a big way, It's at those times when I need to sense his closeness, that he is right by my side. In those times in my life sometimes, it's when God feels the furthest away. Have you ever come to a place where maybe you're struggling, maybe a person in the room here is struggling with something like loneliness, and at that moment when you say, God, I could really use you to speak to my life, I could really use you to be close to me during this time, and you wonder, is God really around? Is he nearby right now? Then I come to learn after about a week of struggling through some of this, I wake up one morning and things are different. I sense the presence of God and that he's close to me and I don't understand. But why is it in those moments when it feels like it's the darkest and you could use a little bit of light that all of a sudden it's not around to be found? Where is God in those situations? Where is God in those moments You know, in a crowd this size, I don't know everyone very well, and there are new people here today, but, you know, I I don't know everyone in the room intimately or closely, and, you know, when, if I were to ask this kind of transparent question, I would probably have to know you for a little while, but we're going to kind of skip that and and really dive in this morning. So if I could get really, really transparent, and and we could get really close and and ask you a deep heart-to-heart question... Have you ever felt like God wasn't there right when you needed him the most? You ever been in those kind of situations? 
Maybe I'm not the only one in this room, uh, but I'm, I'm guessing that if we were really honest, all of us could remember one story or one time in our life where we, where we said, man, God, I really need you to come through in kind of that superhero God mode. I really need you to sweep in and save the day here. And nothing happened. What's the story with that? There are times when life is absolutely unmanageable for us. Maybe you have great amounts of stress, emotions, struggles, and maybe those moments as a husband when you're going backwards financially and you don't know what to do and yet you're at your wit's end and you just cry out to God and, and, and the moment that the cry leaves your lips, you're by yourself, you're in tears, the stress is overwhelming and you call out to God and all you hear is the echo of your voice. And the room grows silent. Maybe you're a mom and you have two kids, uh, you know, two or three and under, and, and you're having one of those days where it's just not going well and you're in tears and you just don't know what to do, and that's the day that you find out that the third one is on the way. God, life is feeling a little bit unmanageable. I'm not sure if I can do this alone. Maybe somehow over the years you're here today and you've drifted far away from your friends and your family. Somehow you've drifted away from them and you feel lonely and empty inside. And there are those moments where you say, man, if it's just me and God, I can handle that, but I can't do this thing alone. And you're saying to yourself, or you're actually saying, God, God, where are you today? I could really use some encouragement right now. I could really use some help right now. I could really use your guidance right now. Where is God in the right now moments? The Bible tells us the answer to this question. And I think it might surprise you. Why don't we take our Bibles or our electronic devices, like we said before, and turn to the book of Psalms, verse 30, or chapter 34. And I want to look at a verse that talks about where God is in these difficult times. But I want to look at the verse, the, the focus verse this morning is Psalm 34, verse 18. But what I want to do is I want to look at the context or the verses around this verse right now. I want to look at the verse before it, and then I want to look at the verse after it. And then we're going to focus in on our key verse this morning. So the first one is... Psalm 34, verse 17, and it says this in the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their trouble. Wow, that's a pretty exciting verse, isn't it? It's like God is the superhero God. I can just imagine him right now where, where all of a sudden we're, we're in struggle or we're having a tough time, and this almost sounds like, like God is kind of like Superman. We've all seen Superman waits for the last moment possible and the building is collapsing and it's falling down on the girl and, oh, help me, you know, and it's like this. And all of a sudden at the last minute, shoo, right, Superman flies in, saves her, and the building collapses and the dust cloud flies and everyone thinks, oh, and then all of a sudden Superman drops her down in a safe place. Right? That's what this verse sounds like, doesn't it? 
We have this superhero God. It says that the Lord hears his people when they call for him for help. He rescues them from all their trouble. This is a promising verse. It promises us a few different things. Number one, it promises us that God hears us when we call for help, doesn't it? It says that, right? It says that God will hear us. But there is another thing that it also promises that's interesting to me. It says the Lord hears his people when they call for, to him from help. He rescues them from all their troubles. One of the promises to this verse is that life isn't always going to be easy. That we are going to struggle through things. It, it says that God will intervene, but it says that we're going to have trouble. There are going to be tough times in life. There are going to be struggles. That life isn't easy. But it does say that if we call on God, he will rescue us from all of our troubles. It's about going to the right source to rescue us. You know, there are a lot of people that go to a lot of different things to try and rescue them in difficult situations. So here's the question is, is that what do you call out to or what do you run to in the moments where you desperately need something the most? You know, there are a lot of people that struggle with, with different things and they run to different sources. There are some people who try and fight off loneliness by relationships and they're willing to do anything and give anything in order to feel loved in some way. There are other people who run to a bottle filled with a liquid that might ease their pain or their conscience for a while. There are other people who might run to the refrigerator and bring some sort of healing as the cool Ben and Jerry's goes down their throat or something like that. You know, other people might run to the internet feeling unfulfilled in their marriage relationship. They might go to other sources trying to figure out what do you call out to in the difficult times of life? Because the Bible explains clearly that we are going to have troubles, all of our troubles. It says that God intervenes. What do you run to when you're hurting? This is verse 17, and, and the other verse on the back side of verse 18 is this. It says, the righteous person faces many troubles. There it is again. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. The Lord comes to the rescue each time. He's there. So in this verse it says that, that even if you live a righteous life, you know there are a lot of people that come up to me and say, Pastor Sheldon, I'm not a bad person. Why are all of these things happening to me? Why am I struggling in this way? Well, according to this, even righteous people face many troubles. It happens. Trouble is a part of life. It's kind of like breathing and snow in North Dakota in January. I mean, that's just part of life, right? And so, is there assurance in this verse? It says to the, that the Lord will come to our rescue how often? Could someone tell me? Each time. Each time. Every time. You see, I think that a lot of times we get in our mind that we have the, the plan all planned out for God. We're the person struggling helplessly underneath the falling building, and we're saying, God, this is the way it plays out. 
You come sweeping in at the last moment. You bring me over here. You set me down right in front of the crowd where everybody can see. It's going to be great. Okay, God, I'm ready. In all of our trouble. But what about when we don't see or feel God intervening in our situation? Where is God? I mean, in those heartbreaking moments where we're at our deepest and struggling the absolute most, where is God? Those times when you think to yourself, I sure wish God would show up on the scene right about now. You can feel the weight of the building crushing down on you. Let's unwrap our key verse this morning. It's found in Psalm 34, verse 18. And it says this. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. This verse says that God is close. He is near to those that are going through heartbreaking situations. And, and, and when our, our soul is feeling like it's being torn apart or crushed, God is right there near. Though you may not sense it, though you wonder where he is, God is close in those moments. In those times when you're calling out to God, he is close. You remember the footprint, footprints poem where someone says they're going down the beach and you got the two sets of footprints. All of a sudden there's one set of footprints and a lot of times during the one set of footprints you say, God, you left me. When I needed you absolutely the most during the hardest times of my life, where were you? And the classic line of the poem at the close says that when you see one set of footprints, it was then that I was carrying you. God is close to the brokenhearted. Close. In fact, the, the adverb in the Hebrew language here suggests close is not just close, like I'm close to the front row this morning. It means more than that. I'm going to throw our sound guys off like crazy. This is even, the, God is close to the brokenhearted. It's not even this close. The adverb here in the Hebrew means close enough to touch. That's how close God is. In those difficult times in your life when you think that maybe God has, has somehow abandoned you and somehow he is not, he's far off and you cry out in those moments and you're saying, God, vindicate me right now. God, I need you to step in. God, I need your healing. God, I need you to touch my life. The Bible says that God is this close. You don't need to shout. I'm right here. That's how close God is. The Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God is right there. He's sitting in the room right next to you when those difficult challenges come. He's right there when you get the phone call that your company is cutting back and they have to let you go. He's right there when you receive the news that your loved one has passed away unexpectedly. He is right there when you're wondering if your life will ever get back to the way that it once was. He's right there. God is right there. He is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. 
Now, every morning when we look to God's word, we always take a portion of our time to unwrap it and try and apply it to our lives. Because all of the things that we talked about up to this point are biblical principles, and they're good. They're good things to know, but until you actually take that biblical principle and apply it to your life, it really doesn't do anything. You see, all of us could walk from this place, and if none of us apply the fact that God is close to the brokenhearted at this moment, if we never apply that, then we've just heard some good news. So we're going to unwrap this and apply it. How do we apply it to our life? Let's go back to the question that we started with this morning. Have you ever felt like God wasn't there when you needed him most? In those tough times, our feelings and God's word say two totally different things, don't they? Our feelings and God's word are almost contradictory to one another. That when we sit there and say, but God, I don't sense your presence, I don't feel you, but yet God says, when you're in those difficult situations and those moments, I'm right there, I'm close. I'm close enough to touch. God's word says that there are moments that when you're in desperate need, when you're heartbroken, when you don't know how to cope, that God is close enough to touch. He's right there. You see, the enemy, the devil, wants to try and lie to you. He wants to try and tell you other things. He's going to try and tell you things like, the reason you're going through this in your life is because you've sinned or you've done something wrong or God doesn't love you anymore. And the enemy tries to pour these things into our minds and cause us to doubt God in some way. Boy, where's God right now? Sure be nice for him to show up, huh? And then all of a sudden, our minds, we jump into the game and we said, yeah, if God really did love me and he does love me, then, then how come I'm going through this kind of stuff? What? I don't understand. He must not love me anymore. When I needed him the most, he showed up the least. The reality of it is, all of those things that the enemy does, the Bible says that he is the, an accuser and he's the father of lies, and he wants to take all of these things and pound them into your mind to the place where you all of a sudden own these lies and you begin to think them about yourself. And you start doubting God and you start doubting his love for you and you start doubting all of these things. But in reality, all of these things are absolute garbage and they're all lies. And the thing is, is that God is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. If you're here this morning and you're sitting in a different, difficult situation, I want you to understand that as distant as you may feel God, he is very, very close to the situation that you are in right now. He is right there. He wants you to know that despite your feelings this morning, he is near. Did you hear that? See, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what situation that you're dealing with or what kind of difficulties that you're struggling with right now that despite the way that you feel or if you can't feel God's presence and you feel like the darkness is wrapping in around you, sometimes I want you to understand God told me to tell you this morning, he is near. He's near. He's close. Psalm 34 talks a lot about rescuing, about rescuing us from our troubles. God rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God comes to the rescue each time. And the thing of it is, is that we kind of sit here and go, this is where we struggle with this scripture verse right here. 
is we go, okay, God can be close, but why do I not see the rescue part? Why am I not seeing the, the Superman sweep in? Why isn't that happening? Why am I not being pulled out of this situation? Why do I continue to struggle with this and this and this? And I've called out to God so many times. Why is it not happening the way that I played it out? The way that I wrote the comic book? You see, we always think that God is going to rescue us by pulling us out of the trouble. Could it be the fact that maybe God pulls us through See, maybe God is rescuing us by being close to us while we walk through the difficult times in our lives. Maybe the rescue is him carrying us and helping us as we limp along through those difficult times. Maybe the rescue is more about his presence staying with us rather than his power removing us from that danger. See, there are many instances throughout the Bible that explain this principle very clearly. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember them? They stood up for God, and they stood up, and they said to the king, the king Nebuchadnezzar was saying, listen, you're going to get thrown in the fiery furnace if you don't worship this God. They said, even if our God doesn't save us, they're looking for rescue, even if our God doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down and worship you. So what happens? They heat the furnace multiple times hotter, so hot so that when they're thrown in, the guards actually perished that threw them into the fire. Do you remember that? And then all of a sudden, King Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know if he was up on a scaffolding, up on a hill somewhere, he looks down into the fire and he says this. He says, wait a minute, didn't we throw three guys into the fire? It looks like there's four guys walking around and the fourth one looks like the son of God. How's that for a rescue? But did God sweep in as they were falling into the fire? Answer, no. Whoa, that's mind-blowing. Wait a minute. If we wrote that, God would have swept in, right? Nobody would have got burned. The Bible said they didn't get burned. They were able to go through it. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Right? Daniel's being lowered down. Shouldn't an angel sweep in in that moment and grab him and pull him out? The king doesn't want Daniel. The king gets tricked into throwing Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't want him to go into the lion's den. So that morning, the the king couldn't sleep all night. He runs to the mouth of the, the entrance of the cave or the pit where they keep the lions. And they feed the lions people. And he shouts down, Daniel, Daniel, are you still alive? And Daniel says this. He says, yes, my king, I'm okay. My God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Was Daniel still in the den? Yeah. Was that a comfortable situation? No. Right? But did God rescue him? Absolutely. Think about the disciples. Remember when Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat and they were going along? These are experienced fishermen, a lot of them, men that know the high seas. The uh, terrible storm comes up and they believe that they are going to die. They're screaming out because they're going to die. And they come and they wake Jesus in the bottom of the boat. Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. He walks up and he stands up and he says, peace, be still. And the lake just goes glass. And those guys are going, oh, man. We're so dumb. 
But who had to ride out the front end of the storm? The disciples, right? Even with Jesus in the boat, they had to ride out the front end of the storm. You see, we're guaranteed through Scripture that we're going to have troubles in life, things are going to be difficult, but the fact of the matter is, is that each of us are going to go through the troubles, we're going to go through the heartbreak, we're going to go through the storm, but the rescue is that you won't have to go through them alone. You don't have to do it alone. Yes, there are those times when God miraculously sweeps in and does it just the way that we want it to be done. But it doesn't always happen that way. I'm pretty sure I almost died once. It was in a 1975 motorhome. And it wasn't on Needles Highway, for those of you that know that story. It was a bread box on wheels. My son, Javen, my middle son, wanted to go camping. We just didn't have time to go camping, so next best thing. Everybody else is like, no, nah, we don't want to go camping. He's like, I want to go camping. So he said, okay, Dad, you get volunteered to go camping. So what we do, we leave the camper parked right in front of the shop. We plug in so we have all the amenities of the camper, and we just go and we just walk outside of our house and go into the campers because then we're camping. We're sleeping in the camper, right? So Javen's young enough that he, he's cool with that, and that's totally fine. And so he goes to sleep, and I go to sleep, and unbeknownst to us, we didn't check the weather or anything like that, one of the most incredible storms that I've ever experienced comes whipping through our yard that night. Okay? And, and I'm prone to exaggeration. Let's just be honest, okay? You guys are laughing way too much. <laughs> I'm prone to exaggeration, but this one, I'm, I, I am not exaggerating, okay? I'm not exaggerating. Javen and I are in there. Javen is sleeping completely. He's out. It's the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I hear this wind, this storm blowing, and the camper begins to rock, and it begins to, like, creak like it's, it's trying to get the, the, the wheels on one side to kind of pop off the ground, you know, like the suspension was maxing out, and this bread box on wheels is about ready to start doing cartwheels down into the creek type thing. So we're sitting there, and this is blowing, and I'm kind of got the grip on the bed like this. I'm laying there like this, going, oh, man, Lord. And, and unbeknownst to me, my wife is watching the scene. It's a terrible, she's watching out the window going, why aren't those idiots coming in the house? What is wrong with them? And it is pouring sheet rain. I mean, we're going to get soaked. And I look over at Javen, and he is just out. And I'm going, this is going to be the, the he's going he's gonna to be scarred for life. If I rip this kid out of bed, we jump out of the camper, run 25 yards in the sheet rain. I mean, this kid is, he's going to turn me into social services or something. I mean, this is, this is not going to be a good situation. And he's so peaceful. And I'm sitting here riding out the storm, and it gets really bad. It gets to the point where I am fearing for my life, and I finally just said, okay, God, I'm making peace with you. For real. If this is the way it's going to be, it's going to be weird, but I'm okay with that. And so I'm laying there, gripping the bed, and finally I just let go of the bed, and I just go, oh, okay, God, okay. Oh. And all of a sudden, this eerie peace starts going over me. And I'm going, is this what death feels like?
And I just lay there for a while, and this peace, like, I mean, it is a scary peace. It was just like, I couldn't even, des- can't even describe that, the feeling that swept over me. It just felt like I was all cold, and I was numb. And I was just sitting there going, either I'm going into shock, or God's intervening. Okay? So we ride out the storm. Wake up, slept miserable. It was... I wake up the next morning. I go, Javen, what was that storm like, man? Was that crazy? He's like, Dad, what are you talking about? What storm? How could you possibly have slept through that? Not even once you woke up, nothing. No, no, didn't. What are you talking about? You're, you're tricking me, right? And this is when I came to realize Javen wouldn't have rode out the storm by himself in the camper. But he was sawing logs because his dad was there. Yet at the same time, I was in absolute fear, and my Heavenly Father was as close as He could possibly be in that moment. So my son actually had more faith in his physical father than I had in my Heavenly Father. I thought, man, I could learn so much from that moment. And you know what, guys? Many times we go through storms in life. And when I was praying, I was saying, God, preserve my life. I was kind of saying, God, stop the storm. And the reality of it is the storm kept going, but God brought me peace and protection during that time. So my question for you this morning is this. What kind of storm are you going through right now in your life? Is it a financial storm? Is it a physical storm, an emotional storm, a spiritual storm? You see, the Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted, and he promises to rescue those whose spirits are crushed. Can we have the worship team come at this time, and we just want to tie up? This morning we're going to have our response this morning in two ways today. The first is this. If you're here this morning and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God wants you to know that he is very close to you in this moment, that he is near, that despite the situations that you're going through and the trials and the tough times that you face each day, he is right there and he is going to see you through it. You're going to make it. But maybe you're here this morning And part of the struggle is when you face a storm in life that you don't know who to turn to. Maybe you've never asked God to be a part of your life. Maybe you've never began a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, the scripture tells us here the psalm speaks a lot of relationship in this moment. In verse 17, it says, The Lord hears his people. In verse 18, it speaks of the closeness of relationship, close enough to touch. The righteous person in verse 19, speaking not of how good we necessarily are, but speaking of rightness with God. And all of these lead to rescue. You see, Jesus came to offer a rescue that doesn't just help us through tough times, but it actually helps us through eternity, the Bible says. It actually saves us from sin 
and from hell. John 3.16 says that God loves the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you'd like to see what it's like to have God close in a relationship like that. You'd like to experience God in that way. But it's not really as easy as people make it out to be. You see, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's kind of an all or nothing proposition. It's where you say, I'm gonna gonna go completely all in on God. I'm gonna let God run the show, be in the driver's seat, be the boss. I'm gonna allow him to be what the Bible calls Lord of my life, which in essence means master or leader, first in command. You know, I tried to do it a a lot on my own. I didn't do so well. Found myself drowning in life's troubles, not knowing where to turn or what to do. Fortunately, out of God's grace, he saved me from a life that was heading in a terrible, terrible direction. And he rescued me. I know what these scriptures are all about. He rescued me. Jesus rescued me. You see, I don't know if there's anyone in this room this morning that you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today and experience a relationship and a closeness with God that you have never experienced before. As the worship team begins to play, I'm going to just sneak down on this side of the altar area, and they're probably going to do some things, response, and we're going to kind of spend some time with, with Jesus just worshiping him. But if you've never experienced that kind of relationship, it's real dark in the auditorium here. If you want to slip from your seat and come and talk to me, I'd like to pray for you. And if there's more than a few people, I have some friends that would like to meet with you as well. And we'd like to pray with you if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're in this place right now, and it's been a long time, and you walked away from the Lord, and it's time to get right with him again. Now, I'd love to meet you and pray with you here today again and come home. God wants you to come home. I don't know, maybe God brought you all the way from wherever you've been today, all the way to Watford City, North Dakota, so that he could tell you, listen, I miss you. I want to be close to you like we used to be. Would you be willing to come home today? Just come home. I'm going to close in prayer, and then I'm going to slip from the platform here. If you'd like to meet me over here, I'd like to pray with you today. Pastor Chad's going to give us a little bit more direction as a congregation on what we're going to do uh, this morning as we worship the Lord. But would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we just magnify you today, God. We lift you high. We adore you, Jesus, because you are the rescuer of our souls. So this morning, God, I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that if there are people here today, God, that, Lord, you are calling, you are drawing, you are tugging on their heart this morning. God, I pray that they would respond to you in a special way. God, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that you would would just make yourself very close to each person in this room, and especially those, God, that are brokenhearted today, God. I pray that you would wrap them in your arms, that you would be close enough to touch today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Just stand your feet with me.
you'd like to respond to Pastor Sheldon's invitation, he's over here on the side. One of the things that we believe, we believe that, uh, we believe in faith. And if I could take just a moment to help define faith just a little bit. Faith, as scripture says, is believing so firmly that you put action behind it. And one of my favorite verses that describes that is in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, come close to God and he'll come close to you. See, God looks at us. He looks at our hearts. He looks at our motives. And he says, what do you want from me? Do you really want it? If you do, do something about it. Because I will do it. And so in this moment, as we begin to worship, as we begin to sing, if there is something that you are needing from God today, I want to invite you to draw near, to come close. And maybe for you, that is stepping, literally stepping out of your seat and coming up here to the front. Maybe it's kneeling, maybe it's standing, maybe it's with eyes closed and hand, hands raised. But it is putting action behind the belief that I need something from God and I want him to come close to me too. So as we start to sing, if you would like to come and, and spend some time just talking with God, enjoying his presence as you draw close and he comes close, I invite you to do that. Father, we thank you because you have overcome. Jesus, you overcame every single trial, every single obstacle, so that there would be nothing that could stand between you and us. There is nothing that we have faced. There is nothing that we have done. There is nothing that we have thought that can get in the way of our relationship with you if we surrender it to you. And Father, I thank you for overcoming all of the things in our lives, all of our choices that have separated us in the past, God, I thank you for overcoming those things. And I ask you, Lord, to be a leader of my life. And as I leave this place today, I commit myself, I commit my thoughts, I commit my action, I commit my passion to you. May I live according to your plans, according to your will, so that I can live the life of purpose and hope that you have designed for me. And I ask, Father, that that is the prayer for every person as we leave this place today, God. May we live according to your plans and your purpose with your great hope in our lives. We love you, Jesus, in your powerful and holy name we pray all of these things. Amen. We love you, church. Have a great Sunday.